You're listening to Sarah Hagen backstage with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. Welcome to Sarah Hagen backstage. My guest today, Grayson Nekrutman, is an internet drumming sensation. Not only that, but he is just blowing up everywhere lately. He has a feature in Rhythm Magazine, he's been doing projects with Sweetwater and his endorsing companies, and he is heading out on the road with Brand X. We're going to catch up with Grayson on all of these things and hear about his plans for his future. So come along with me as I catch up with Grayson Nekrutman. Grayson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to see you. It's been a long time. It's been forever, and it's so nice to see you too. And you're in a whole new like backdrop here. I know. You know, at least you got the congas. So we it's, do. You know, some drum oriented stuff, but yes, I cleaned up my bedroom. I'm in my bedroom. Looks great. <laughs> um, and so, okay, so let's let's start at the very beginning because I was just recently talking about how I met you when you were just a little kid like a little, yeah. little kid right yeah. a long time ago not so mm-hmm. long ago <laughs> well i'm trying to think i think i was um 10. yeah yeah right about you must have yeah, been that was... um, and you know i just remembered um how supportive your parents were and i was just in awe of the fact that you were this little kid and you know, you you had come and um, to visit um, the factory, and it was like you had the the greatest, most supportive parents. And I just knew that you know you had the, like that was what you needed, and you've proven the fact mm-hmm. that you know so the support and the talent that you have have like launched you into the drumming stratosphere. So <laughs> congratulations! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I won the parent lottery in that way. For sure, for sure. And I, so I just kind of want to start at the beginning because, you know, you're only 19 now, so um, still really young, but you started playing when you were like four years old. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. I was four years old. Um, and my earliest memories were of playing drums at a music store my brother was taking saxophone lessons at. And I remember I hopped on the red Tama drum set and I said, I want to play that. And my mother said, no went back and forth and then eventually she let me jump on it a little bit and the clerk said that's ah, fine and then from there um well, i was like i think he likes this maybe try it out and uh my brother's friend was playing drums and he had a teacher who would then become my first teacher justin at a four five wow could you even reach everything at that point or were you no. like <laughs> so I remember the first day he taught me my my left side from my right, literally. Wow. And my left foot from my right foot. And he had to lower the seat so I could just do the feet. And then he would raise it so I could just play my hands because, you know, it's so, it's so I was so little at the time. I remember the pedals were giant compared to my tiny little feet. But it was fun. It was a blast. That's amazing. And so this was, was this a teacher that you stuck with for a while? Yeah, I um, was with Justin until I was, I'm going to say 14, 
14 years old, 13 or 14 years old, um, from four to 14. And he taught me, I would say, almost everything I know, you know, all the basics that I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Gallo. And I know he'll be listening. Um, but yeah, he became like an older brother to me in a way. And he taught me the thing was he never was, we're going to be a rock drummer. We're going to be a jazz. No, no, no. He just taught me a little bit of everything. He taught me how to read. He taught me how to play classically. He taught me how to play rock, jazz, fusion, a little bit of everything. Um, and it kind of set me up to understand more than just one style or like, you know, you're a rock drummer. No, it was like, I was just a drummer. When mm-hmm. I didn't really play the style, it was like, what am I doing this week kind of thing. Instead of what am I doing, you know, forever. Right. <laughs> That's fantastic. What a great teacher to recognize that and really yeah. kind of give you a diverse um, education in, mm-hmm. in drumming, not, not focused on one thing. Um, and I know, I know that your mom is a music fan and I'm wondering like, what was the music around your house when you were growing up? Was there always music? Was it a certain style? Was it also eclectic? Mm. Well, she, as she said, was a very big reggae fan. She mm-hmm. loved reggae. She still does. Uh, that was like her number one thing. Um, and then she got me into, there's literally videos over here in the back closet of um, VHS videos of me dancing to Joe Cocker. Yeah. At like <laughs> four or five years old. Maybe I was like three. Um, Joe Cocker. And then she got me to Dave Matthews Band. That was like my first love of music was like listening to Crash and listening to all that. It was like the first, you know, diving into like one band. That's what I can remember. And Sting, Peter Gabriel, but it was like a little bit of everything, you know, and she, um, a Pearl Jam. And my dad was, he, he likes music, but he doesn't really, you know, like a certain style or anything. He kind of just listens to whatever, but mm-hmm. she had like specific bands she would always listen to. Yes. That's amazing. Did you go and see a lot of concerts as a kid? Did you ever get a chance to um, to see Dave Matthews Band? Yes. So I've seen them four times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember we saw, we were going to concerts all the time, but I mean, what, the ones I remember, we saw um, saw Joe Cocker once when I was really little. I was probably like four or five. We saw Counting Crows, Blues Traveler, DMB, kind of whatever came to Jones Beach, mm-hmm. a local amphitheater here. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one more band. I think it was like maybe it was um, Three Doors Down, something like one of those kind of bands. I don't know what it was. One yeah. of those rock bands. It was really fun. Um, but after I would say six or seven, you know, everyone gets busy. I have two older brothers, so it was kind of like, yeah, there was festivals happening. But like I was getting older, it was just too tough. So I haven't been to one of those big shows in a little while. And and you, I mean, the shows you just mentioned are pretty diverse in genre Mm -hmm. as well. Um, And I, I just remember when you started posting videos on Instagram, the videos of you playing and like playing in the style of the greats. um, And you were, you were posting some jazz videos and it was like, so they're just fantastic. For anyone listening, you have to check out Grayson's Instagram account. And the videos of you playing along and playing like note for note with the with the, you know, Buddy Rich and, and the the jazz greats. And then I started noticing you playing these other genres of music, like yeah. on that same four piece kit, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. 
just as like, um, with just as much energy and flair, like <laughs> just the only way I can describe it. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. It's so incredible. So like, it makes sense that you grew up with that kind of diverse teaching and experience of, of listening to music with your parents. Um, but I just have to ask like, how, how are you doing this? <laughs> like, how is, how is this working? Are you, um, we've talked before about how you don't actually spend all that much time studying the videos. Like you watch the videos, but can you tell us about this? Cause I think your the process is pretty fascinating. Yeah. So I, um, well, starting in high school, I was always very good at math and history and whatever, but it wasn't, you know, if I say the word photographic memory, people think I'm like, you know, some like genius people think of like, it's either you have it or you like, you know, it's everything or nothing. Mm-hmm. And there's some people you could like take them in a plane and they could draw the city now. Um, I just remember like in math and history, if there was like a map, I mean, it was a geography. There's a map. I could just remember where each piece was. And then I could remember like patterns, like, you know, um, you know, Tennessee's a long state. I could just remember it was like kind of in the bottom right corner mm-hmm. or, you know, the shape of Florida, but it wasn't like, you know, I couldn't do little details, but it was good enough. And then in math, I could just plug in formulas because I could just remember what it looked like. Mm. Uh, and all that stuff. So um, the jazz thing, uh, I was learning jazz in a way of um, just separate myself. It wasn't really, you know, great. I love music. I love all music, but it wasn't like I'm a jazz drummer. No, it was purely a, uh, a decision I made because nobody else was really pushing that. And I, and I knew from a, my dad's a businessman. He told me you have to stand out you have to treat it kind of in that way. And I said, well, there's a niche. I'm going to find it. Even if I'm not really a jazz drummer. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to treat it like there's a need and there's a void. (laughs) I'm going to fill it uh, for my own benefit. And um, I started doing that. And at first it was just literally playing along to songs without videos or anything. And I started watching these videos and I said, I can do that. I can go downstairs and do it. But if you told, if you brought that same video to somebody and said, um, could you play that? Or could I play that? They'd be like, no, because it's Art Blakey. Mm-hmm. And I realized, well, well, it's really, you know, it's hard stuff, but like, it's doable. Like, you could physically do it. And they're like, no, because it's Art Blakey. I said, okay, well, you know, I'm going to do it no matter what. And so I started um, applying that pattern of just, hey, they're doing, you know, floor tom to bass drum to whatever and this and that. And I would literally just remember sequences of patterns. So if it's ride symbol to snare drum to crash symbol, and then I can combine that with the next section. And it's, and I've said it before, it's kind of like geographical areas, like kind of like with the map where it's, okay, here's the snare drum lick. Mm-hmm. You know, the part of the song is snare drum, then it's the bass drum or whatever, the tom or this, and you could put it together. And I would just remember the snare drum thing, then it goes to the ride cymbal thing, then the bass drum lick comes in, that hit. And some people have said, oh, you need to write them out to learn. Hmm. There's different opinions of that. Um, for me, it wasn't, you know, I write them out every once in a while if it's like an academic kind of like, I want to learn what they're doing. but. Mm-hmm. For a video, 
I haven't found it useful because it's the, the amount of time to sit and write it out note for note, check it and then relearn it. I could cut out the middle part and just learn it, make the yeah. video and then learn from it later. You know, I'm going to say, watch the same video or whatever. Um, so it's really kind of like saving time, seeing what's worth it. And then the process of it, again, it's really not all that complicated for me. It's really, um, I broke it down and, and I don't remember who said this first, but I heard somebody say this once that drumming is just made up of one to three strokes per limb at a time. And if mm. you think about it, that in that simple of terms, mm -hmm. I don't care what drummer you're listening to, it's really not that complicated. And there are some drummers that are incredible and they're playing crazy things, but if you slowed it down or just maybe took like a two second section, you can figure it out. If you mm -hmm. think about it, like they're, they're not able, I don't know if their drummers were able to do eight on one and then one and then you, know, you think of it as one to three on each limb, different combinations. And every once in a while you can, you can um, relate it to a rudiment. You know, if you, if it's a, obvious rudiment like you hear a paradiddle great mm -hmm. you can say yourself there's a paradiddle after the bass drum hit but sometimes that can also make it harder because you're trying to find associated names when they're just patterns so sometimes for me i can just sing it back you know whatever it might be and if it's a rudiment great if it's not great because sometimes you know especially when I first started, there was a lot of people around me who were just trying to, oh, Philly Joe would do a, a this into a that into a that. And then I'm like, okay, but what's in between these two rudiments? They're playing something. Mm. You can't look that out, but it's not really a rudiment. Mm -hmm. So that's where it starts to get a little tricky. Yeah. And that's so interesting. It's like, you know, you talked about the photographic memory. So instead of instead of breaking it down and separating all the parts and trying to learn it that way, you're actually like thinking of it as a whole being, exactly. right? And mm -hmm. and kind of like digesting it as a, almost like more of a piece of art than a than a math equation, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's um, so interesting. When I, you know, I tell people, people are like, well, can you teach that? I'm like, I don't, I'm, I don't want to sound, you know, I'm very humble about it, but like, no, you can't teach it. But what I can help you is give you the tip of try to find a pattern, try to sing it back at least. If you hear, you know, ding, boop, boop, ding, you know, just break that down, play that, mm -hmm. and then move to the next section. Mm -hmm. and when I do that, no, you know, I don't do what I say per se, because sometimes I don't need to, but it's doable. It's not something where like, oh, I can never learn this solo. No, you can learn this solo. You might have to slow it down. To 50, 75 percent, mm -hmm. but you can do it. And mm -hmm. even if you can't play the full tempo solo, you could learn it at 75 percent speed, and then take a lick from it and use it in your own playing. There's that nothing wrong true. with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everyone learns differently, right? You know, mm -hmm. there are there are um, people like you who maybe read something and it just stays in your head and you can remember like where the words were on the page or where the state was on the map kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people who have to rewrite it and rewrite well, it and then read it and the rewriting like process. She likes to write the things out so she remembers. Absolutely, that's me too. I'm, I'm exactly. totally a list maker and a note rewriter. <laughs> that's, yeah. how I, 
that's how I remember. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, everyone learns differently. So it's just, it's fascinating to watch you come out with these videos and each new video I'm just blown away by. Thank you. Really, it's, and you know, I had to, I had to comment on the tool video because um, one of my absolute favorite bands and one of my favorite songs you did 46 and two. And it's, yeah. it's so awesome to see you play on the four piece kit what is being played on this giant kit you know danny plays this giant kit with all these electronics Absolutely. yeah and i love to see how you recreate that using just mm -hmm. the highs and lows that you have mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. four-piece kit is right. awesome thank you thank you absolutely yes keep keep it coming we're all loving it and you are like everywhere now everywhere like the, you you just had a feature in Rhythm Magazine with Steve Gadd on the cover. Yeah. Um, I mean, that just, when I saw that, I, I get excited. I get excited for <laughs> all you guys when, when great stuff happens because, you know, I just, I feel like, yes, it's, it's coming well, to you've me. Well, part of the journey, so you should, oh. you know. Well, thank you for that. But somebody, I, you know, I know the feeling of seeing somebody when they were really little and now you're, you know, they're growing and it's like, oh, I get it, I get it. He's doing it. it. Yeah. And and it's, you know, I mean, I meet a lot of people along the way and sometimes you just you meet someone and you're like, yeah, that kid has it. And again, the support of your parents, incredibly yeah. important. And, um, and now you're doing all these great things. So tell me about that. Like, did you get the, the magazine? And I mean, just seeing Steve Gadd on the front, he's yeah, there. You go. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. And, you know, Steve is all of our, you know, one of our favorite drummers, all of us drummers, just absolutely. And so, being in that magazine, that must have been quite a trip. Yeah. So, I got the opportunity to do the interview, and I thought, amazing. Like, you know, this is like dream great. But mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't being like, oh, where am I? What page? Because some people, I'm sure, you know, nitpick in this. I did the interview. It was great. Didn't hear, you know. There was no reason to like reach out, just like whatever. And then I was on a, I was down in Nashville and I remember my mother texted me and said, here's the photo. And it was like on their Instagram. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, then, you know, start getting messages from people in England and here and there. And then people start tagging me in their stories. And I'm like, oh, this is real, huh? <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is getting real. And then, um, you know, what was really funny is uh, the first magazine feature per per se was uh rhythm magazine over in japan i think it was called rhythm and drum magazine and they came out to an all japanese magazine drum magazine and for the interview i did for that uh i don't know what it was but somebody had taken that interview translated into english and put it on their website kind of like wikipedia but it's not wikipedia so i remember one of my friends i guess typed in my name on google to find this magazine and they're like, it says all your personal, like info, like all like about Justin and everything. Wow. Instagram and this and that. And I said, oh boy, this is getting weird. <laughs> yeah, that was maybe a moment where you realized people are really, really paying attention. Yeah, yeah. that happened. Um, and then even getting noticed at like the grocery store with my mother. Oh after my God. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a weird experience. <laughs> Have you had to sign autographs like on? Yeah, I was yeah. in the city. 
I was in the city with a friend and uh, we got stopped like four or five times. And I was like, this is getting a little strange. Wow. And and- point, it's like, uh, you know, it's nice, but it's like, it's like, uh oh. <laughs> it's a good sign. It's, I guess it's a good sign. It is a good sign. Ab- absolutely. I mean, the, the fact that people are recognizing you in real life. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of it's weird to translate it because it's like, whatever the number of followers it is, it's like, great. It's just a number on a screen. But then you think about it in real life terms. It's like, if you had that many people in like a football stadium, mm-hmm. you'd sell out the entire football stadium. Yeah. And, uh, and your know, followers don't really matter. But like, if you took um, like actual comments or like the people that actually engage with you still as like a football stadium absolutely yeah and then and that's one that's one thing that's fantastic i mean you have great you have great engagement on your post Mm -hmm. which is really important and it it means a lot to um companies that would like to partner with you and you know um i've i saw that you did some some content recently with um pearl and with minel right so uh, it's that's like it's so important, especially nowadays. Everyone's yeah. been locked down, right? Like everyone's been in their house, and what you've been doing has kept you in everyone's homes, essentially, <laughs> right? Yes. So yes. it's a great thing, and I love that. You know, I love that you just talked about how you're really strategic in what you were posting because mm-hmm. there is a serious strategy to social media and to utilizing it for the future. So it's a, you know, it's a means to get to what you're looking for, um, get into what you want to do in the future. And yeah, it's so great that you strategize about that. And you were like, well, no one's really posting these, these jazz covers. So I'm going to do that. Um, And, you know, again, you do it with such flair that people really want to watch you play. And we have to mention, we can't talk about this and not mention the suits and <laughs> like the, there. right? <laughs> That's where you keep all the suits. Yeah, yeah the cup, the two people seem to think two things. They think I either have like a million suits, which is not true. I have a suit and a cup. <laughs> um, and then they, they joke about the dry cleaning bill. And I'm like, okay, it's a little weird. <laughs> you know, you just dry it, you hang it, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you don't need to spend a lot. Yeah, you change out the shirts and it, you, you know, looks like you have a million suits. Yeah, you clean it yourself a little bit. It's fine. It's fine. Nobody knows. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's I mean, so, that, that's was so something, that was something um, I remember. <laughs> the story of how that happened is actually hilarious. So. I was posting a few of these jazz ones. Um, I don't think I was doing any of the cover, like transcription with the video and video. No, I think I was just doing songs. Um, I did a Buddy Rich one and some, again, anonymous. They're always anonymous. They always have a blank profile picture and like 10 followers. Somebody commented, you know, one of those people who don't play, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but they did it in a suit. And, you know, the comments like that, or the snarky comments, I don't care. Like. I don't yeah. really care. But that one got to me a little bit and I said, okay, now you just helped me. So I remember I went upstairs and I I, I uh, was joking with my dad about the next video because I said, I was showing him the song video. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this sick song, listen to this thing. And he's like, you should do it in a suit. And wow. Said, and he said, you should do it in a suit. And I said, no, it'll look dumb. I'm like, come on. He's like, no, I'm doing a suit. And I thought about it and I said, that would be hilarious because that would get 
everybody annoyed that just said that. You know, everyone that agreed <laughs> with that dude, I said, that would shut them up. So put on the suit, put on a bow tie, went downstairs, made the video, and that video blew up. Mm-hmm. That, that um, I think it was Love for Sale or something like that. And then I said, huh, well, there's another way to separate myself because mm-hmm. nobody else was doing it. So then every you know big band one, I would wear a different tux or a suit or you know a nice shirt. Um, and then now it's kind of like a meme where I'll do it in a tool video. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it just avoids the question of, but he can he do it in a suit? Well, you, I just answered your question. <laughs> So yes, yeah, so hopefully no one asks if you can do it in like a a big bird costume or something. Exactly. Like that, right? well, we'll figure that out. And then <laughs> right? the, the funniest part was when um, I started changing up the colors of the ties or the shirts, and people would say things, you know, oh, now we have the red tie on. I'm like, okay, that person <laughs> knew. That's no. too funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's such a great thing, and again, it's something that separates you yeah. from from everyone else and brings attention and. You know, and then and then you can back it up with the playing, which is great. It's not a gimmick. You know, it's yeah. just it just adds something mm-hmm. to your videos, and and I love that. And mm-hmm. I love that you're playing tool in in you know a suit and dress shirt. It's just it's like perfect. Well, and that's Maynard's vibe. You know, my, my favorite yes. watching those like '97, '96 yes. videos where he's like wearing a boxer, and that's it. He's just wearing boxers, mm-hmm. wearing yep. whatever he's wearing, makeup all blue. All blue, yeah. Like nobody else would do that. Nobody no, else. I did. I did see that tour where he was all blue and the rest of the band was all colors. Yeah. You saw him in person on that. I, I did. I did see him. Yes. Yeah. Actually, in wow. Rhode Island, um, and the club was shut down because they oversold the club by thousands of people. So people broke the door down. It was at the Strand. Um, this is way back, probably in like '97 or something like that. But it was. Yeah, but they came out on stage when he was all blue. Um, yeah, good memories Amazing. back in the day. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I appreciate all that so much. And also something that you just talked about, which is the trolls on social media. We have to oh, talk a little bit about this because, you know, it's it's just like a side effect of being oh. in the public. And it's unavoidable, sadly, because I grew up with the the idea that if you had nothing nice to say then you don't say anything at all right you just just move on and i don't think like you know not to say kids these days but i don't think people these days like have that any longer and they kind of hide behind the seeming anonymity of social media just to tear people down um and so how are you dealing with that like being a young person like in mm. you're you're kind of like getting you i mean you get let's just be real you get tons of accolades which is makes up more than makes up for the the trolls but how do you deal with the trolls are you kind of like ignoring or mm. like you said well they said can you do it in a suit i'll do it in a suit like kind of, well, tongue in kind of thing the funniest thing is when they're not actually the anonymous people you know the anonymous people are fine but then yeah. there's another side of it where they're actually they'll they'll push your buttons and they'll try to attack you or cancel you without saying your name too hmm. that's like kind of one of the newest things that's happened where there's a, a bunch of people that were saying very nasty things publicly and all different things without saying my name and mm-hmm. so the way i handle it is very simple 
uh, I don't post about it. I don't engage. I don't do anything. But what I'll do is if somebody says, you know, take quote, you know, I'm just making this up. He shouldn't do X. My next video will be X. <laughs> my next video is going to be X. Um, and, you know, there's a part of, you know, not caring. But the best thing is it adds it, two things. It shows me I'm doing something right, you know, because I'm getting under their skin and I'm making them mad or whatever. And, and listen, I'm, I'm a very quiet kid, humble, whatever. But if you weren't doing something that was worth it or making an impact, no one would care. Mm-hmm. And people say negative attention is good attention, whatever. I don't care about that. But if I was doing something like every everyone else, I wouldn't stand out. So those people and those trolls and those pe- drummers, whatever, mm-hmm. they wouldn't see you because you're just part of the, the veil of everybody else. So that's one. So I know I'm doing something right if it's happening. And the other two is like, that adds to like the fuel of like, I know I'm doing something right, so let me keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what are you going to do kind of thing? It's like, I'm just going to keep posting that. And sorry, not really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that makes them matter. And, I, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun to just keep at it. And really, it's just a I, – I take it all as a positive thing. I don't – there are people who get down about it. Oh, I'm getting bullied about, you know, what I post. I just push. I keep posting. Um I don't engage with any of them because they're not worth my time. I'm too busy for you. You know, mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have to talk to Sarah Hagen, you know, she's the important <laughs> person. I don't have to DM you back. I don't have to things like that. So I, that's it. I think, um, I think constructive criticism is different mm-hmm. than hate and nameless stupid things. Like if, just like you said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it kind of thing. And mm-hmm. there's other times where, the opinion is just not warranted kind of thing. Um, Absolutely. But then again, like I say to everybody, use it as a positive. Take it as a positive. You know, don't be scared to post these drumming videos of you playing whatever. People don't like it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, right? So I, I like a, the way that... They, one. Yeah. It was from, um, it was comedian Bill Burr, and he was talking about the same thing. And he equated to this and he said, uh, it's as if, you know, if they come onto my page, it's as if going into a restaurant and saying to the chef, I don't like your food and telling everybody else in the restaurant, you can't eat his food. And that chef has to change his menu. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, you're, you're the problem. So, you, you know, you can leave everyone else can enjoy the meal. That's the kind of thing. So it's funny because, it, you know, Tommy says weed is garden. I just... Mm-hmm. I just use it as fuel to to move and get better. Absolutely. And I think, you know, all the great things that you're doing and all of the the steps, you know, every time I turn around there's something else great that you're that you're doing or you're participating in. And so that's like the revenge for that nonsense, oh. I think, right? You're just oh, like, yeah. yeah, well, you keep talking and I'll keep doing and keep rising and yeah. And then that's that's what there is to show for it. So Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. just keep keep doing that for sure. Um, and also speaking of like the the positive and the negatives on social media, one of my favorite things lately is Stuart Copeland calling you out. 
Like how did, did someone send that to you? How did you find out about that? Uh, so the, it started when I made a message in a bottle video. Mm -hmm. He saw it, he reposted it on his Facebook, his Instagram, that is everything. Yes. Uh, and that blew up and people from like my high school were even messaging me, you know, like teachers <laughs> were like Stuart Copeland. Um, and he made a little snarky comment in a good way about how I'm going to eat everybody's lunch at the end. So people were like, Oh my God, look at this kid, you know, whatever. Yeah. So kept going, I kept posting, kept posting, kept posting. Uh, didn't, you know, I, I didn't really talk to him like one on one. I just, you know, thanked him for that. And then um, one night I was driving home from something. It was late at night. That's all I remember. And this person, uh, mentioned me a comment and said, um, Stuart Copeland mentioned you in a Q&A. And I said, what? So I DM them. And of course, they're like, wait, why is he DMing me? So I DM them and I said, uh, what are you talking about? Like, wh where's the Stuart Copeland thing? And they sent me the link to Twitter and it was on his Twitter. Mm. So I took the video from Twitter and I saved it. And I thanked him on Instagram. And it turned out it was like on his YouTube and all this stuff. And somebody had asked him, um, if there's like an up and coming drummer, you should watch And He mentioned me and it was like, mm -hmm. oh boy, uh oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's kind of thing of like, it's getting real kind of Absolutely. thing. And not only did he mention you, but he also said like, I don't listen to new music. Like he, he no. specifically was like, I don't know who's up and coming. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know who you should be listening to, but, but wait a minute. And then he like <laughs> totally calls you out. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like yeah. he just, you know, out of, out of anyone. And he says like, he's not even, he's not even paying attention to that, mm -hmm. but go listen to Grayson. So that it was, was uh, that was super cool. It was yes. mind blowing at least. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you have, let's talk about what you have going on right now, because yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of different things. Um, like I mentioned, you've been participating in, activities for the companies that you endorse, right? Yep. Um, Sweetwater, you are on the uh, the latest flyer that just went out that probably mm -hmm. a lot of people listening have like in their mailboxes or just received at their homes. So Definitely. there you are. Um, you were just at Memphis Drum Shop, right? Yep, yep absolutely. That was a blast with Jim, uh, Jim Pettit at Memphis filming some mm -hmm. lessons, uh, did a solo. That was really fun. And his shop is like a museum, isn't it? It's like it was. Uh, it never ends. Yes. Because it was like, oh, let's open this magical door. Oh, where <laughs> are we now? Let's open this door. And it was almost like um, that movie Coraline, with the little yeah. hatch at the wall on the bottom of the wall. Yes. So the world. I felt like I was going to another world. He's like, oh, we open this magic door. Huh? Yes. Another mile of drums. Yeah, so much, so many, like, and so many like like historic drum kits and symbols and, yeah, and the nonchalantness of just like, oh, this is a 1950s great kit from first yeah. out. It's fine. <laughs> and then there was one part that really got me and it was that there was a Radio King kit. Mm. Pristine condition, just stacked up like in like the upstairs, just like not even in case, just, I was like, oh, just an extra. <laughs> just mm -hmm. an extra. Just an extra. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yes, for any drummers who haven't been to Memphis Drum Shop, if you get a chance to go there, it's like Disneyland. It's, it's yeah, it's paradise. It's amazing. Did you go into the um the gong room? Did you see that? I went with my parents and my mom was like, What is going on? 
because it starts <laughs> like, yeah, it's loud, but you know, the next level, and then it gets a little louder and then it gets so loud, but it's not loud. It's like overwhelming. Mm -hmm. like, but it was weird because it's not like a concert where it's like actually like shrill. It was just like the whole room was like moving. Yeah. It's little, like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. And you almost feel like your like your organs inside are moving. Like, <laughs> it felt like my ribs were shaped like shivering. Yes. Was, like vibrating. Exactly. Years. Yeah. So so interesting. And yeah. for anyone who hasn't um been there, it's this room with these giant gongs in it. And Jim Pettit, the owner, um, he like warms the warms up the gongs and then gets them like vibrating and on these different sides of the rooms and yeah. it's just like a cacophony of when it's one they all activate yes so when you clap your hands you'll hear each one like respond it's like the freakiest thing i've ever seen in my life it's it really cool, so weird right? in a cool yeah. way Ugh. absolutely um so yeah so you've been you've been there um creating content and and you're going out on tour which is like yeah. incredibly exciting and i just want to hear all about this yeah, so um, that's one of the things where people are saying, well, why do you post so much? Um, like you said, Sarah, about using it as a push to other things. And this was a prime mm -hmm. example where I was approached by Brand X to join them for their, I have it over here, the fall 2021 uh, tour of North America. And it's pretty much the East Coast, a little bit of the West, a little Midwest-ish. Um, and then there's another tour later on in the spring, which is the uh, West Coast. Mm -hmm. And and I said, this is like the brand X, like Phil Collins brand X. Mm -hmm. So the music is right up my alley. Um, Bill Bruford, Phil Collins, Mike Clark, like all that stuff. Um, and it's just a blast to learn the songs. You know, I had a list I had to learn and it was like, I love this song. I don't know that song. Oh, let me learn it. Oh, I knew that song. No, don't know that song. Mm -hmm. But it's been a blast. I have a little bit more time, I have about a month till we leave. And uh, we take off and it's gonna be a fun experience. I can't wait. I know you're coming through uh, Massachusetts and yeah. I just, it's so exciting because you, I've always thought of you, well, okay. So this, <laughs> when you were, when I knew you as a kid, I thought like, okay, this, this, this kid is someday we're gonna see him out on the stage and it's gonna be incredible. <laughs> And to see you, so then you became like this social media star, this drumming like superstar, which was incredible. And at the same time, I knew that you had other plans like to go beyond that. And so I'm exactly. so excited for you Thank that you. you're doing this. Yeah. And especially like coming out of a quarantine and virus and all that yeah. stuff and getting a chance to get out there and play and having like this whole other experience. Oh yeah. Um, it's uh it's a big step because a lot of people are like, he's great, but he only plays in his basement. And I'm like, no, before COVID I was playing a lot, you know, I was in big bands and jazzling and mm -hmm. places. And it was like, I'm having you know, I'm not gonna post videos from two and a half years ago. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm like, have can you play live? I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't reflect my playing now. Mm -hmm. Growth from even COVID is I've been practicing my butt off. So it's a lot, you know? So it was kind of like a stuck position of like, it's going to be tough to get out there because nobody's going to want to take you because they don't think you can play with other people. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I know people know I can. Mm -hmm. It was like just waiting for the opportunity to like, 
come on. <laughs> you know, and I was like, let me try to post other styles. So if another artist wants me, they can see I can play their style. And um, it's just going to be a great opportunity to showcase that, hey, I'm ready. You know, this is like a step up to the next level. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's and it gives you like another another like like you said level to talk mm -hmm. about and to yeah. to put out there into the world and so that um everyone else can see you as mm -hmm. all that you are like this you know incredibly well-rounded player mm -hmm. um so 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 excited so psyched about that um and can you share anything is there anything that anything else that you have coming up or any plans that you have or um interesting content that you have planned well, I'll say this, Dromeo is happening. We don't know when, but I'll say yeah. it's happening. Um, that's to be determined and you know, we'll announce and all that stuff. And other than that, just getting ready for the tour, still posting a lot, um, building up my YouTube from my Instagram. So I'm throwing all my Instagram videos on YouTube now and TikTok and- Perfect. Which is fun because it's, it's fun because, you know, the TikTok audience is younger, much younger than the Instagram audience. Mm -hmm. So it's funny because I have all these backlog of hundreds of videos on Instagram and now I'm just, you know, throwing them on TikTok without a lot of, you know, extra words. So people are like, where's this kid coming from? Like, where's this from? <laughs> it's funny because it's in my bio and I'm like, you can just go to my Instagram. But like people think I'm making these like hourly. Mm -hmm. The fun part, because I'll just, I throw them up so often on TikTok. They're just flowing. That's fantastic. So that's yeah, so I'm think, building that. They think you're like switching suits every hour. Oh yeah, they right. think I'm playing metal. Like, like I posted a tool video, then I posted like a, a hi-hat solo in a suit. And they're like, wait a minute, he posted this six hours ago. Now he's like, it's the it's like the best thing to read those comments. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so that's fun. And other than that, uh, I'm going to school fully online um, starting after this coming tour. And other than that, just keep grinding away. That's fantastic. And what are you going to school for? Business and marketing, it's fully online college. So while I can work and grind away and build my career, I still got that academic stuff in the books out of the way. So. Really smart. Yeah. Super well, smart because you know what? I mean, you you have a great sense of what to do as far as your future and playing. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, the, the business, you have a great business sense already. So just de Thank developing you. that further, like how great is that? Yeah. And it'll help you. It'll help exactly. you so much. I I talk to so many drummers who um, have a not a degree in business, but are business minded, mm -hmm. and just gives them such a you know a heads up, a leg up, like in this business where you have to be your own business person essentially. Yeah, that's the way I treated Instagram and still do. Mm -hmm. you know, I made the decision. I'm not just, man, it wasn't many months, uh, probably like a year or two ago, I said, I'm not posting personal things on here. This is mm -hmm. this, like, you know, I'm not posting like my dog or this or like none of that. Like there are some people who, hey, you can do you, but that kind of morph their like personal life and their business life. Mm -hmm. And then they wonder why their drumming videos aren't getting that much engagement. Or they right. wonder how they can build it. My tip is got to treat it like a business. You know, there are YouTubers who are making a lot of money who are professional YouTubers. Mm -hmm. It's their job. Like they treat it as their job because it is. So I see Instagram as like a secondary job. You know, mm -hmm. I don't 
you know, you, you make the video, you post it, you have to learn how to strategically post it and this and that. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, but really like the business aspect, I think can be like lost. Sometimes people are like, Oh, it's just for fun. It's like, yeah, you can do it for fun. But then if you want something more out of it, you can get that. Absolutely. Yeah. It can be fun and it can also be a living as well. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Opportunities you would never have gotten without it. For sure. For sure. Um, and a super important question heading out on the road. Are you bringing the tuxedo and the suits? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I don't think so for brand X. I think I'm going to wear a nice uh, button down. There you it's go. Nice, you know, black pants, but I don't want to be too uh, flashy. So, you know, <laughs> I just keep my, keeping my place. I don't want to get too, too out there. So probably a nice shirt, you know, I'll still dress nicely. That's still my thing, but uh, no tank tops or anything, but I don't think <laughs> it's for this one. People got Very mad nice. because I didn't wear a suit to Nashville. So maybe Drumeo, I'll have to wear a tux. You might have to. Yeah. I think, I think the tux. Yeah. Full on, full on. And tux. I can get like a matching blue bow tie for their background, like the blue background. That's perfect. The Drumeo blue. That would be great. Drumeo blue. I'll have I the like that. Tie. Same color. See, see all these, this smart yeah, strategy the right man. there. That? <laughs> um, so I, if we sum up some advice to like, yeah. you know, maybe someone who watches you and aspires to be um, also, you know, kind of follow your fantastic career path. What would you, well, we've already covered a few things. So like, mm -hmm. think of it like a business, right? Absolutely. Um, let the haters roll off your back, use it as fuel. Yes. And uh, is there anything else that you would impart onto them? I would say be confident in your playing. Be confident in what you do. And don't let, and as you said, because they're aspiring, you know, so I don't want to assume they're younger, but if they're younger, don't let people put your age as a limiter on what your actual ability is or what your actual matureness or whatever maturity level of you as a person or a player is um, because there's going to be a lot of times where don't take it personal that they're assuming something or they're saying something because it's probably they're worried about your age. So don't take that personal. Um, and also if you want it, don't, don't let distractions get in your way. Then that could mean a lot of different things, but make, make sure you have your priorities set straight. I love it. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's really helpful advice too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're really a great example of following your own advice because you're doing so fantastic, Grayson. Thank and I'm you. excited to see not only all of these great things that are happening for you now, but into the future, where you go and what you do. And um, you just can't, can't wait to be, uh, you know, watching you, you. skyrocket. So yeah, keep going. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being of here course. today. It's an honor. Always great to talk with you. And same with you. And we will post lots of links and um, information in the description so that yeah. people can make sure that they get out and see you when you're on tour awesome. and check out all these videos we're talking about. Yes. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.